All right, we're recording, we're live, we are ready to go. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Operation Gray Area Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tim Miranda, and then my friend here, John Whedon, is the other host, uh, in no particular order. We we run this thing together. So, <laughs> um, so last week, we talked a little bit about what our mission statement was, basically, what we plan to achieve for this podcast. What are we going to get out of it? How are we going to interact with it? And what our expectations are for you as our listeners as well um, with interacting, being on the podcast. So um, yeah, so this week we're going to jump into a subject. John, you want to talk about what that's going to be? Yeah, the uh, actually I had a friend, uh, she sent me a message the other day um, and she, she brought up, she says, why? She goes, well, the government came up with a, a vaccine for COVID so fast. She goes, why is there a, there's, there's no cure for cancer? Um, and, and it kind of got me uh, thinking, because we were speaking a little bit about that, and it, and it more correlated towards how um, our health care system correlates uh, with uh, the, the private sector of business and the government sector of business. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, because uh, that's always a big topic. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, well, one side's like, well, everyone should have free health care. Look at Canada. Canada's great. And the other side's like, well, no, you're, you're bigger. If you pay for your own health care, not your welfare bomb, and, uh, which I don't think that's true. But that, those are the kind of the extremes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think healthcare is a tricky kind of uh, situation, especially here in the US, because there are so many people that think that healthcare should be free. Um, yeah. It's, you know, in everybody's right to have the ability to go get taken care of and try to live a long life as possible. Um, and then there are others who don't feel that way and feel like, you know what, yeah, this is the land of the free home of the brave. However, we also pay for the things that we need and that's, yep. you know, part of it. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see where we land in that area uh, individually. And then like always trying to figure out how do we, how do we start to fix it? What, what are our ideas on how we're going to move it forward and, and maybe, you know, come away with some kind of a, a compromise and, uh, again, you know, we, we've said it in the first one, we might not always come away with one. And this could be one of those that we don't. But uh, our goal is to try to at least say, okay, what's the happy medium? Where's the middle? Where's that gray area? So um, feel free to kick it off, John, because I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I did some research on it, but I'm not uh, probably as in tune with it as you might be. Well, um, I, uh, between watching my, my mom, uh, go through a lot of the health issues she's had. Uh, the lady that actually recommended uh, this, her her uh, had a family member is the most I'm going to say uh, on this. Um, this person had had battled a, an addiction issue for a while, and uh, God love her through through strength and treatment and stuff like that. Uh, she battled and uh, you know uh, has got to a point in her life where she has been you know, living a, a clean uh, life, you know, I don't want to say free from addiction, uh, but not, um, I guess you could say a slave to what it was this person was using. Um, unfortunately, 
that have gone through that uh, is now battling uh, a cancer of some sort. And as we know, uh, cancer treatment, it's, it's not cheap. Um, but on the flip side, me being a disabled veteran, um, I had the pleasure, I don't want to say the pleasure, uh, but the use of the VA healthcare system uh, for veterans and that, which you could almost consider that to be socialized medicine. The government pays for it. Yeah. I don't pay for it. Um, I know there's some people around, oh yeah, you paid for it. Uh, your taxes, you paid, and, uh, you, you paid for it being a veteran and you deployed and you paid for it, your blood, sweat and tears and that. Yeah, no, right now, none of my money pays for it. Um, <laughs> I don't, it's not like a, a, a blue cross blue shield plan or, you know, an HMO plan that I pay for physically every month. Um, so I, and I, I've watched a lot of people, um, you know, uh, young kids uh, that need uh, what's it, what they call it, the EpiPen mm -hmm. uh, that have like the, the food allergies and stuff, the cost of what the EpiPens have gone up and stuff like that. Um, you know, people with uh, uh, children or even adult elderly people need prescriptions and stuff like that. The cost of prescriptions are just, wow. Yeah. They are out of their mind. So, I, I mean, it, it's like a giant whirlwind of so many issues. Uh, that are coming together with that. I mean, what do you think, Tim? I mean, I agree uh, in the sense I'm probably one of those people that think that if healthcare can't be free, I completely understand why it is for our veterans because, and, and active service, because it is important. I mean, first off, if you're active, you, you need to be healthy. So you're yeah. defending the country. Um, but you put your, your work in, you, you, you know, earned the ability to, you know, to receive that healthcare for free. And I get it. I understand why a lot of people would feel like you earned it. You should have that. Um, on the other hand, for just the everyday average citizen, uh, you know, being that I've worked in, you know, retail or, uh, you know, I've worked in call centers most of my professional career, I had to pay a healthcare premium for whatever package that I wanted. And I got that choice. And that's not cheap either you know it's uh it can cost money because of depending on who your your insurance is covered by uh or you know what their plans are like like the my previous job they uh the plans were crap to be completely honest with you uh, how they, much was you paying for those uh so because amanda gets better coverage through her i ended up just taking it for myself and i had the lease so i think it was like 60 bucks a pay um so 120 bucks a month and it was not great coverage. No. A lot of things were not covered or, um, you know, things like prescriptions were crazy. We had to, they encourage us to download. There's an app out there. You can download that gives you, um, like cheaper costs that gives you basically coupons to apply to your, um, your prescriptions to make them cheaper. Uh, so, uh, you know, for me, for a single person, 120 bucks a month out of a paycheck where I feel like, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm lucky enough that we don't probably live paycheck to paycheck, but there are people that do. I can imagine, right. you know, agents who weren't making, they were making $15,000, $20,000 less a year than I was. That's a lot of money out of their pocket. So, yeah, you know, from, from my standpoint, I kind of feel like there needs to be something done. If it's not free, what's the next option? Because, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I know that there are people out there that take advantage of things and I, I don't, 
my concern with the free is, is that already are overcrowded ERs because people have to go there for every little reason and then don't pay the bill. Um, now they know it's free. So are they going to be there? You know, how many hypochondriacs are going to come out of the woodwork? Right. And I understand that's an issue. I understand that's a, that's a serious problem that someone has to go through. But, uh, now if I actually am sick or ill and I need to go to the hospital for something, how long am I going to have to wait to go see somebody? So, you know, uh, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. It is. Well, I, I think one of the big issues you have, and um, I, I go when you, when everyone refers to it as big pharma, pharmaceutical companies, uh, the big ones. Um, I, I, and I, I saw at the time president Trump was doing it. Um, I, I think I heard some rumblings. I think now president Biden's doing it uh, was working on um, capping the amount insulin um can be charged for yeah. um i think there was some rumblings about that with the epi pens yes I, I know uh at the time i heard rumors of like this epi pen that used to be like you know hey 20 25 bucks now like seven eight hundred dollars um and i mean especially if you have a a, a young child you know uh, my daughter she's at she's at church camp right now she sent me a text uh, yesterday because she's yet to go to church camp where she hasn't been treated at the hospital for something. I, I swear it's like full contact church camp. Um, uh, the one year she had to go get stitches, uh, the one year she broke her left wrist, uh, I think the one year she broke her, when I say break, mild fracture, uh, or they call hairline fracture. Yeah. Uh, she did it right. And then this year we we're like, okay, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. There's going to be no issues. She sent me a text yesterday. She goes, Dad, I stepped on a beat. Mm. I was like, ugh. Uh, now she's not allergic, um, but I can imagine if she was allergic, how much, how vital that that one simple little EpiPen can be, um, to doing that. And I, I think that's a huge thing we got to look at is I'm a firm believer in smaller government. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a firm believer that, that there are just some things the government needs to keep their hands out. Like, keep your hands out of my cookie jar. Right. It's not your cookie jar. But on the other hand, I think when it comes to something like a medication, um, I, I think that is a place where they should have their hand in because everybody in their life at some point is going to need a medication, right? whether it's going to be an antibiotic, whether it be an EpiPen, whether it be insulin, um, something. Uh, you know, everybody at some point in their life is going to break something, have a surgery, need to get stitches, develop an allergy to something. And the, when you look at the cost of what the, the pharmaceutical companies charge for these, uh, if, if there could be a cap on it. I mean, we did it for years with our utility companies mm -hmm. uh, to where they said, hey, no, listen, this is the max. This is the max you can charge for this. Um, I think that would in turn help drive down a lot of the cost on things. And you kind of hit it on the head with that though, Tim, though. Um, I can't say me if I can't afford insurance. So I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can't afford insurance. I can't pay the, I think when I worked for the state prison, our premium was like three, $400 a month. Uh, and then if you added kids into it, your spouse and all that, it went up from there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was based off a percentage of your income. The way our union contract was is, well, if you made 
uh, $38 an hour, your percentage of your uh, percentage of that pay went was what your cost for healthcare was. So it wasn't set across the board. Yeah. Um, so, but you're right though, because if I can't afford that, if I'm not working a job where I can't afford that now, all of a sudden I get sick, uh, to where it's just, Hey, I think I have strep throat. Um, well, me personally, I would either call, uh, one of the walk-in clinics or I call my doctors. Hey, listen, I got, my throat's bothering me. I guess I think I have strep throat. Can you Get me in an appointment for a strep test and that. No big deal. If you don't have insurance, you can't do that. Right. So that's where you end up with these people that flood the emergency rooms. Uh, they flood the emergency rooms. And it's for, and of course, everybody and their brother knows, you go to the emergency room, you're getting a chest x-ray. <laughs> uh, like, ah, I stubbed my toe. You're getting a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they do all these tests because they're protocols. And I understand why they have these protocols there. But it costs such an exuberant amount of money. So now the hospital not only has to pay the, the inflated prices for the medications to begin with, but then they're flooded with the people who can't afford insurance that are now flooding in because I stubbed my toe, uh, I got a cough that won't go away, my butt's a little itchy, yeah. uh, and it's uncomfortable for, you know, they, but they can't pay the bill for going there. So mm-hmm. now the insurance company says, well, we got to make money. We got to pay our doctors. We got to pay our nurses. We got right. to pay the janitors that clean the beds and that, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got to recoup that cost somehow. And that then that's already, then that gets stacked on top of the inflated cost uh, of, you know, these medications and that, which then further jacks that up even more. The, the running joke, $50 for a Tylenol. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really it comes to, you know, kind of how do we, combat that mm-hmm. what, what what can we do um I, I think i'm i would be curious to know you know is there some kind of a program for a hospital and this might be something you know about or just have heard about or something but where because so many people go in and do not or can't pay are, are they are the hospitals given some kind of a tax break or something like that where it helps kind of or you know weigh those things out or you know maybe that's why people who have health insurance they come in and then they're like oh let's run this test and run that test or run this test and how many of those things are really needed now this is just me spitballing i don't know if it's true or not but you know think about how that could work right well we have so many people that come in without insurance and we got to do all these tests that they need because they could die without them but we have these other people that come in that have problems. Sure, we're going to run the tests they need, but what if we just throw an extra this here and that there that's going to cost them and their insurance is going to pay for it? It'll right. outweigh those costs. And, right. you know, that's concerning well, if that's if that, um, if that were something, you know. I, and I, I found out recently uh, UPMC uh, here in Altoona because I they, they were talking about doing a tax increase uh, in, in Blair County. And I said, hey, you know, I said, UPMC is all over the place. I was like, the UPMC hospital, when they took over Altoona Hospital, uh, I said, I can only imagine the taxes they paid mm-hmm. on the property because they, they they not only own that property, but they bought up other properties, like other houses and stuff like that, to expand in that. Right. And I come to find out, they don't pay property tax. 
And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean they don't pay property tax? So that, uh, they already get a huge tax break there in itself. Uh, I mean, can you imagine what the property taxes would be on a property that's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars? Right. Uh, so uh, I can only imagine the, the tax break they're getting from that. Um, I think, I mean, kind of one of the things that it does need to be, and it, it sucks, but because usually what happens, like you go in, okay, I got a boo-boo. Uh, so you go to the emergency room, they, do you have insurance? No. Well, you got to treat me. Okay. So now, and they do, for the most part, the bare minimum treatment. You're mm-hmm. not getting the red carpet rolled out for you. If you were a non-insurance haver, well, you're getting the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have their standard testing they're going to do. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they do the bare minimum, they get you treated, they get you out. Um, and then the, the bill comes up and then they roll the bill to a bill collector because they send you 500 letters over the course of a year. And then they say, all right, the guy's not paying or she's not paying, so they send it to a bill collector. And then the bill collector can't collect because there's really no way to collect on a medical bill, so to say. I mean, the running joke is I don't care sending collections because I'm not positive but from my understanding i don't think a medical bill has an impact on your credit score yeah i think they were gonna do that at some point but they never went through which right you know um and i i i don't want to i don't want to say you know uh let's ruin people's credit scores uh so they'll pay their medical bills i'm not i'm not that that's not my angle there um but it's a tough spot. It really is. Um, I, I, it actually almost kind of scares me to think without blowing up the entire system that you can get a fix to it. Mm. Um, I mean, it's like a dog chasing its tail. I mean, everybody wants their money. Uh, you, you go back, what's it cost to go to medical school? I, um, I had a, an <laughs> inmate, uh, that the <laughs> cracked me up. Um, he was a, a, a doctor that lost his license. He practiced in uh, Pennsylvania, and he ended up going to jail for uh, fraud. He was padding his bills mm. because his student loans for medical school was ungodly. Mm-hmm. Payment was ungodly. And he, uh, I, I want to say he embezzled some, I want to say it was like $750,000. He embezzled. And uh, I used to run a joke with him all the time, and I'd say, uh, so where do you have that money hit? I was like, they didn't recoup it. Where you had the money hidden? And he laughed at me. He goes, well, I had just enough. I was like, for what? He goes, well, I just got a thing to where my medical license can be reinstated in Florida. I said, well, you still have the student loan. And he's like, no, I don't. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, what do you think I was using the money I was embezzling for was to pay the student loan? <laughs> but then it realized to me, it was for $750,000. That's crazy. I was like, to be a doctor, almost a million dollars. In student loans. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, my wife, when she went to go get her degree in psychology, the amount of money it took just for that four years, uh, just for that degree in psychology. And I was like, well, holy shit. I was like, if you get a four-year degree in psychology, and then you got to go to so many years to, to med school, and then you got to go do an internship somewhere for so many years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're racked up in 12 years of school. And I was like, well, if you're a hundred grand, a hundred plus grand in four years, that's well, you're over half a million right out the gate on mm-hmm. simple math. Uh, so I think that's one thing you have to address is you know how much it costs to get a degree uh, in this field. Um, 
I think the second thing you have to look at is, you know, our government, and it, I, I say this gently, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the government at some point has to step in and say, you know what, this is a life-saving medication. Uh, so for being a life-saving medication, um, if you want to make your money uh, for and say, hey, listen, you're going to charge an exuberant amount of money for hair growth, <laughs> renewal or whatever, um, that's fine. Uh, if you want to charge an exuberant amount of money uh, for uh, breast implants uh, or something like that, that's fine. Yeah, uh, that that's that's not all the time, but for the most part cosmetic that's a, i want to feel better about me sometimes it is it's it's beyond cosmetic. so if you're listening to this please don't think getting your hair back or having breast augmentation is not I, i'm not saying it's all vanity and you just want to be perfect uh that's i i understand that's a medical thing sometimes also um especially for uh women who do go through uh having uh breast removal due to cancer and stuff Cancer. um so i i think that's another step we have to do yeah i i think um you were i was right with you when you were talking about the cost of school because uh, you know my daughter wants to go to be uh you know yeah, a psychologist you know, ready to go to yeah. College. <laughs> yeah and we you know we've gone to duquesne and we've gone to a couple other schools in the area we went to lock haven recently and they were talking about the difference in cost. Like a lot Haven may not be like a division A school, whatever you want to, however you wanted to say that. I mean, it's a, it's not a huge school, but like the cost to go there is dramatically different compared to Duquesne. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, you know, depending on what she goes for, obviously it's going to be different, but it's going to, you know, I, it's just, we're talking almost $10,000 difference a semester. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. like, yeah i was like you should probably pick a small school because you don't want to be in debt for the rest of your life right right you know we'll be able to help a little but i don't know how much we're gonna be able yeah to help that's that. i'm i'm thankful my my son uh just currently enlisted the military because he wants to go to college and he uh he's going into a program where he'll essentially be attending penn state free uh through the military um so, i mean but yeah like you said that i mean you graduate it's you go to somewhere like Duquesne, Harvard. Yeah, they're prestigious schools. Yeah. Uh, but that much more prestigious? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, ultimately, is it is it worth it just because you want a different name on your, you know, are you going to get a different education? Right. Maybe, maybe because you're at Duquesne, you might have the opportunity to have a professor that is legitimately working in a hospital or in a situation like that. Um, where in Lock Haven, it might be a little less likely, but uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to um, me, it, it makes more sense to save the money and just work hard and show your skill. I mean, right. you know, um, but I know that a lot of times these places look at names. So. And I, I, um, I, I think one of the worst things that ever happened, um, and I'm, I'm sure someone's going to flat out want to like, listen to this and want to fight me over it um <laughs> uh, i think one of the worst things we ever did was the uh, the obamacare i think the intent was noble mm -hmm. um i 
I, I think what we wanted to achieve with that was it was a, a good intentions, so to say. Um, but I, as I saw the plans come out, I, I watched my mom go through this because uh, they, they, they ended up canceling her old plan. Um, and then it kind of forced her into this Obamacare system. Um, and the plans that she ended up getting, it, it didn't cover nowhere near what her original plan was. Um, and then to top it off was there was still like, uh, it's like for food stamps or assistance. You know, yeah, you heard the stories about, I really don't make enough to, to kind of keep myself afloat, mm -hmm. but I'm not poor. I make too much for health, like right on that, 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 that kind of balance spot there. Um, and I, I saw some people that they said, well, I, I can't get the Obamacare. I can't go in there because I, I, I don't qualify my, the way my income is, but I can't afford private insurance either. Well, then they turn around and they said, well, if you don't have one or the other, we're going to find you. Made, that made no sense to me. I was, um, you know, I was on board with the whole, like, like you said, I feel like they had really great intentions. They just did not think it through and delivery was absolutely yeah, terrible. Yeah, absolutely. You, you cannot penalize someone financially if they yeah. can't afford to do something. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to fine you for not being quite poor enough. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but I do know the way, and I, I something else I recently had learned was I always thought like if I had health insurance, it was just health insurance, no matter where I was at in the United States. But come to find out, though, like. Uh, health insurance and with uh, like car insurance stuff like that it varies by state uh so like if you know they ask you know like you know where do you live what state do you live in uh so you know a plan might be for my exact same age and and, and health condition and stuff like that it may be different in pennsylvania than it might be in texas mm -hmm. um and i i've learned that you you can't they have the rule. I don't know what it is. I'm sure someone will correct me or speak up about it. Um, something about where you can't cross state line, like can't sell plans across state lines. So you'll have insurance companies that may offer phenomenal rates in like Oklahoma, but I can't buy it because they can't sell it to me in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, and I think if they would change that and create a little bit more competitiveness, competitiveness to it you may end up killing off a few insurance companies um but i mean hey that's that's business uh, yeah that's capitalism um but i think if you can create that uh cross-state competitiveness that you will actually potentially drive some of those plan costs down where if you, you get a little bit more for your dollar for less dollars right yeah I, I think that's a strange thing to have where it's like oh we're sorry we don't we don't actually you know support this insurance in, you know here in pennsylvania or we don't offer it if you try to contact an insurance company we don't offer it in your state so like, uh, why why don't you offer it in my right. state you know like do we smell funny in pennsylvania yeah, yeah I mean, like, maybe i don't get it <laughs> um but back to kind of what, what triggered a lot of this, you know, uh, I think that the, the, what we were talking about before is a big start on it. And a lot of issues need addressed was that, you know, hey, how did we find, you know, this, this 
cure for COVID and then, you know, but we haven't for cancer yet. You'll have some people, they will, they'll constantly say, well, there's, there's no money in the cure. I'm not quite buying that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, people die and need medical treatment for a trillion things. A cure for cancer isn't going to bankrupt the medical industry because now there's no more cancer treatments being done. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I don't buy that one bit. Um, I think for the COVID vaccine, I, there was a lot of attention given to the COVID vaccine when it came out. Um, there was a lot of unknowns about COVID. I think there was a lot of fear-based decisions that was made under the disguise of follow the science, Mm -hmm. but we really didn't have the science. We really didn't know the science. Um, I do commend the science community for quite quickly um, uh, exp- uh, expediting a, a cure because we ended up with, was it three? Three different we ended up getting? I believe that we're getting. Yeah. Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. And Pfizer. And, Pfizer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was, and that was in the United States, I think it was. Yeah, uh, I think every country came out uh, with their own variations of cures and that. Um, but that COVID was one thing. We knew what COVID was and how kind of we kind of to the extent of where how it was going to attack the body. We still weren't exactly quite sure on how the transmission rate was. Um, if you remember, you go back, they said, well, you know, you got to remain six feet distance. You have to have a mask on everyone's head. You got to wear a pillowcase and click your heels three times after <laughs> touching a doorknob. Um, and then it went to, oh, and you had to quarantine for it's 21 days or something like that. And then, yeah, I think when we were doing it, we had it for like, it had to be 10, 10 days total for for someone who got it while we were at work or whatever right um I th- well i think at the beginning it was like it was it was a long time in the beginning uh, yeah. once you showed symptoms it had to be 14 days yeah and 14. so many days yeah, without yeah. symptoms and it, it, it came to some ridiculous number well then they backed it down to i think it was like 10 days and yeah and it was six days and yeah. i was like well we're following the science. Why are we kind of throwing darts at this quarantine? Mm-hmm. Um, and with cancer, you got to figure cancer. There's so many different types of cancers. Uh, I mean, you, you have uh, what small cell cancer. You have um, cancers that pretty much only attack one certain part of the body. Mm-hmm. You have certain cancers. Once it's in the body, it just explodes the whole way through the body like wildfire. Um, so that's that's a tough thing, and I have been reading a lot about it. And I, and I actually sent this uh, lady a couple articles where they're finding ways to utilize our immune system to, to kind of strip away, I guess, certain proteins from the cancer cells to where the immune immune system actually attacks mm-hmm. the, the cancer cells. Uh, from what I understand. Uh, they had found it to be very, very promising in, um, I think it was colon cancer and lung cancer, hmm. I think it was, where they were finding an almost 100% success rate uh, with it. But then they're, again, going back to, you know, well, 
What about breast cancer? What about brain cancer? What about uh, liver cancer? Um, skin cancer? Um, so there's a lot of different cancers in that, and it's it's tough. Um, but I think if we kind of got out of the way of some of the things that the government sets in place, and that here it is, the double-edged sword. <laughs> the double-edged sword. I don't want government in the cookie jar, but hey, uh, Mr. Government, can you bake me some cookies? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I want the government to kind of step in to say, Hey, we can only charge so much because this is life-saving. This, this isn't, well, I kind of like milk. Well, no one's going to die without milk. Um, so to say, um, you know, uh, but you know, you gotta have these medications. I think the government has set some of the, the standards in the ways that we do trials and stuff like that. And it's, that's tough. I mean, it's really, really tough that the, the government standards is the way we're allowing trials to be done. Um, I, I think that's an interesting part, too, with something like cancer that's potentially going to kill somebody. And they're yeah. like, well, we shouldn't do that because it could it could harm them. And I'm like, well, that's kind of already what's happening. So shoot your shot, man. You know, let them, uh, let yeah. them if they're willing I mean, to do it, go, let them do it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, especially uh, like with human trials and stuff like that. You know, they're like, hey, uh, we got this, but we think a side effect might be your toes will fall off. <laughs> like, but then you got, you know, Joe Blow over here like, hey, they told me I got four months to live and I'm dying. Mm -hmm. By all means. Yeah. If I get to live and I lose my toes, fair trade. Right. Um, <laughs> or it may not work. And, you know, they sign off on something saying, you know, hey, we might give this to you. And your body might have an adverse reaction instead of four months. It might kill you in three weeks. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if they are, if they're willing to sign that and we can progress, I, you know, I really, really, really hate to give Germany credit in the age of World War II. I, man, I really hate to give credit to that. If you look at Nazi Germany um, and World War II, um, if you look at how many things we've developed from that, mm. um, uh, not, not just medications, I mean, nuclear power. I mean, think about it, nuclear power. If, we, if it wasn't for a, a German scientist that we kind of somewhat kidnapped, mm -hmm. say, got a hold of, we wouldn't have developed a nuclear bomb. Right. Um, but there's so many things and it was because, uh, and it was horrific what they did. Absolutely horrific what they did. Uh, but because it's kind of some of the protocols they weren't stuck with, mm -hmm. uh, trial testing, a lot of this stuff. Now I'm not saying we should ever go back and allow anything we do, but we kind of should look at it in a sense that if, you know, if someone's willing to sign this waiver form, uh, to do this stuff, yeah, might progress some of this medication development. Yeah, I agree. I think if you get to a point in whatever illness or disease that you have, that you know, I only have this long to live, but hey, yeah. they just came out with this drug that they're saying it's going to take six years to get approved, and I don't have six years, but I want to try it because you know, and they only accept certain amount of people with certain circumstances and it's right. like you know what who cares let it, if if you Go have more it. people 
then you have you have more things to kind of go off, more data to go yeah, off of. Absolutely. And if if it works, even better, you know. I back to the the, the government uh, issue with that though. One of the things that worries me with when you get too much government medicine though is that I think back it was England, I think it was. You recall the the story of the young boy? He got real real sick, and they had tried all these treatments on him. And the European government stepped in and said, mm, eh, you know, there's nothing else we can do. And mm-hmm. we think it's best if we just pull the plug. And the parents were like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's my son. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. government stepped in and said, well, we think this is what's best. And Italy, I think it was, had stepped in and said, well, we have this trial, again, back to this trial drug. We had this trial drug and it showed a great success rate in it and uh, you would be a great candidate. And uh, the country that he had lived in went, nah, we kind of disagree with it and we don't think it's worth putting any more money into it. And, and how, how can you think a human life's not worth putting money into? But um, yes, everyone, I do have a soft spot sometimes. <laughs> um, the, uh, but Italy said, hey, listen, we'll pay for all his travel costs. We'll, we'll pay for someone to come there. We'll pay for all the medical stuff. And the government stepped in and said, no, we disagree. Pull the plug. And the courts stepped in and they said, yep, yep, yep. We, we agree with what the country, the government said, because the, the courts are the government. Right. And they said, we're following the status quo on this. Pull the plug. And the poor parents had to sit there and watch the government step in and essentially just let their child just die. I don't want to say kill because mm-hmm. uh, he was dying, but just gave force their parents to give up. Right. Um, so that's a, that's a, man, that's such a, it's a scary circle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, and I think you're going to deal with that no matter what situation we come up with uh, in the healthcare system, because insurance companies have the right to do that. You know, we're, we don't want right. to pay any more into this. So, right. you know, they're not going to cover it. And, you know, then the decision falls upon, like, are these people going to be able to afford it? I mean, I think if I were to sit and talk to a doctor, I feel like they would say, if I had the ability to use something to save someone's life, I would do it. Absolutely. However, there are things in place that don't always allow them to make those decisions. Right. right? Um, yeah. Well, between, uh, potential lawsuits, uh, the insurance company saying, no, you can't do this. We're not going to pay for this. We're not yeah. going to allow this. And then the, the, the hospitals themselves saying, hey, well, you know, the insurance company said they're not covering it and we're not getting stuck with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it, I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, it's tough. Uh, we were talking earlier, Tim, about, the, you know, we were about when AIDS came around. Mm-hmm. AIDS had a um, and when AIDS first came out, they said, well, the only way AIDS, uh, you're getting AIDS is if you're gay. Uh, you know, they say, you know, the only way uh, AIDS can be transmitted is through anal sex, and anal sex is only a gay person's thing, and which was just bad science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was terrible science. Um, <clears throat> and it's scary to think that that was science in the 70s and the 80s. I mean, really. Uh, 70s and the 80s that, uh, that this is what science was producing was off of that the um that's right Pink. uh <laughs> bad science um 
and I, I watched it all over again. Um, it was just a tragedy with COVID, just bad science. Um, there was, and with, just like with AIDS, it created such a, a fear base. I mean, it, it created a, a stigma uh, among the gay community, uh, which was uh, unfair to them uh, because, you know, they go, oh, you're gay. You, oh, come near me. You might have AIDS. Uh, so it created a stigma amongst the gay community. It, it created, uh, I think it slowed down the development of cures and treatments for it because of they became tunnel vision of we're only looking for AIDS in this demographic. Yeah. Um, so I, it was- the, Unless you're Magic Johnson. Unless you're Magic Johnson. <laughs> um, and that, and it was amazing that a Magic Johnson that in that day and age that he was able to get any sort of the, the, the treatments that he had because it was in such its infancy. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's done well with them. And now the, the, they've got treatments out for AIDS now where you show up your doctor and you're like, eh, eh, crap, yeah, I got AIDS. And he's like, well, hey, take this pill and it'll suppress it to where we can't even find it in blood work. Yep. I mean, instead of, you know, but you got to figure that 30 years ago, you showed up and you go, they said, well, you got AIDS. So uh, you need to bring your guy partner in. Like, well, doc, I'm like, hey, well, you got to be, you got to be gay. You got AIDS. Um, and I think we did that with, uh, I think we did that with COVID too. Uh, a lot of bad signs. I think there was a lot of a fear base and I think there was a lot of knee jerk decisions that were made with it. Um, and it created bad science. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, with cancer, um, it's been around long enough with cancer that the science is there. It's just a, a such a complex thing because it's a, a from what I understand, pretty much a genetic uh, deformation at that point where it's abnormal splitting of your human cells is what cancer technically is from my understanding. Again, someone will probably correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think a lot of that is you know, like I said, letting the, kind of the government getting out of the way and allowing maybe certain legal loopholes for science to progress um, with the willingness of, of, of people who are in a position that are okay with uh, these trials and treatments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that there is that comparison a little bit from when we talk about COVID to to the AIDS epidemic, but I also feel like there was, I mean, AIDS took a lot of lives and it was AIDS very did. scary at that it point still in time. Does take lives. It does. COVID took a whole, whole lot of lives in a very short amount of time. Very, very quickly. And um, I think that's what was scaring everybody. And, and they, we made a comparison the other day or, or on our, on the other podcast that I'm on with, with how abortion is kind of looked at where, you know, it's, it's okay to, you know, say, Hey, you, you know, we, we want to preserve this life. You're, you're not allowed to have an abortion. Um, but also, and you know, I mean nothing by this, but there's also people in that same community that are saying, well, we're not going to wear a mask. I don't care if grandma dies. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it, it, may seem extreme. <laughs> it may seem extreme, but I, I think, you know, we were just trying to, I think, prove a, make a point with it that, and we know not people everybody being feels hypocrites. that way. Yeah. Yeah. People being hypocrites. Uh, right. they, these are my beliefs, and 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 I'm going to, I'm okay with this because it coincides with my beliefs, and I'm going to be a hypocrite about it because now this side challenges my beliefs. 
games. Yeah. Um, but they're one and the same though. Um, I, I, you know, I, from the beginning of the, the pandemic with COVID, I, I always said, I said, I don't want to see anything bad happen to mom, mom, pat, pat. Um, and the, man, people got ugly around that time. <laughs> Holy smokes. Did it, people get ugly? Um, yes, I, I will fully, fully admit I was one of those. I, I did not wear a mask. I, didn't wear a mask. Yeah, I still, still don't wear a mask. mask. And no, I'm not vaccinated. Do I support the vaccine? Absolutely. Um, I do support the vaccine. I, uh, one of my things I was concerned about when we were making these knee jerk reactions um, in the name of science, uh, we got to lock down. We got to close everything down. First, it was so many weeks to flatten the curve. And then we got to close this down. And then we, it, it just cascaded from there. Yeah. Um, and I, it openly said, I said, you know, I don't want to see anything bad happen to, you know, grandma or grandpa. And I, I do have uh, friends that have lost loved ones to COVID. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my heart broke tremendously for every one of them. Uh, when it, I mean, even if they would have just died from a heart attack or just died from old age, mm-hmm. my heart would have equally broke for them for that. But the, um, I sat down and I said, I don't think we're looking at the bigger picture here, though. I said, you know, my concern is, is, you know, we start locking things down and we start closing down. And we don't have a plan to kind of reopen and get things back in gear. Um, you know, I think we're going to see an increase in uh, deaths from other illnesses, uh, other issues in that, because now you can't get to the doctor's office. You can't get treatment. You mm-hmm. can't. And we have seen that. We've seen an uptick in breast cancer-related uh, issues because um, a lot of things that were considered non-essential during that time were postponed, and now all of a sudden women couldn't go get mammograms. Or not even women, men. Men couldn't go get because it, I'm ashamed to say up until uh, quite a few years ago, I didn't realize men could get breast cancer. Yeah. I mean, it's not something you think about. One that has um, uh, just being a guy, I never thought much uh, about it. I, I, you know, because I always remember, you know, hearing my sisters or you know my mom and that talking about, you know, I get my mammogram thing, and you don't know what it's like getting your boobs smashed and this contraption or whatever. And it turned out that you know there are men that do get breast cancer now, but there were people that they missed those appointments. Mm-hmm. because of these knee-jerk reactions um uh, i i i had said before at the beginning i said i think we're going to start seeing um marriage issues we're going to start seeing child abuse issues uh have an uptick because we're not able to see them and combat them kids aren't in school so you know the teacher can't see this child showing up with random bruises all of a sudden or right. you know, not being fed um I said, I think we're going to start seeing a suicide rate uh, uptick. And it's not just because they can't get the mental health appointments and stuff like that. Because there was doctors, uh, you know, that were starting to do a lot. The same way we're doing here, the video stuff. Yeah, uh, They were starting to be yep. able to do that. But, Virtual uh, appointments. But being stuck in their house all the time. Because there were some people out there, they were scared to death to leave their house. Yeah. I mean, they're like, I, I can't go outside. I just The bee's going to fly by and give me COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, uh but because people started losing their jobs, they lost their livelihoods, they lost their their houses, and I I hate the the, the speak in vanity uh, of 
our fragility of our manhood. <laughs> but, um, you know, I saw, you know, families, read about families, they lost jobs. And, you know, all of a sudden, because they lost their jobs, they lost their house, they lost their vehicle, everything they'd worked for. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the thought of being in a homeless shelter or something like that, there were men out there, they like, they, it was just, that was it. It was <laughs> earth ending uh, for them. And, you know, they ended up taking their lives and there were women out there that, that did that. You know, they, yeah. they couldn't bear the thought of their own children being in this position and that they took their lives. Um, uh, there was children that suffered from depression and stuff like that. Unfortunately, uh, ended up getting into the, the drugs and stuff like that. And they took their lives. Mm-hmm. So there, there was, I don't know the last count because I haven't looked at the CDC records. I remember when it was at 500,000. I remember when it was predicted to be up on the 600,000 and that. And that is, that's a lot of people. Um, and I always went back to, I think the United States population's like 330 million people. And we have a birth rate of 3.5 million births a year in the United States. I think it is. Um, in the grand scale, you know, you look, you compare 500,000 to 3.5 million. It's like, I don't want to say drop in the bucket uh, because I don't want to think that any, I don't want anyone to feel who lost a loved one that they were just a drop in the bucket. But comparatively numbers wise though, um, it, it's when you compare a lot of deaths we have yearly, from, you know, from vehicle accidents, which are preventable. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like that, from, you know, uh, suicides and stuff like that. I, uh, so we are in, in the United States alone, we are over 1 million deaths from COVID. Is it up to 1 million now? Yeah. Now that's, you know, in the world, there's like six, 6.4 million in Europe. It's like 1.8 Asia is 1.4. Um, so, I mean, you know, but in, in the U S alone, right a million people and, have over a little over a million people have and died. You, you have to account like in asia like them people over there i'm telling you if someone was in a shopping mall and they sneezed <clears throat> that was it yeah that entire city was locked down you go in your house i don't care if you starve yeah that is it oh like you open you open a window we're sending in the the, the military and we're drowning you or something and they're, they're fairly cautious already there. I mean, even before the pandemic, oh God, people yeah. would wear masks in Asia. Oh, yeah. Um, especially in China, uh, because the air there's quality, so air quality yeah. and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, and that's where it that's where it began. And then, you know, went spread like wildfire. But uh, yeah, I mean, COVID was crazy. Just all the different things, the, the pandemic itself, and then all of the things that you can't even the, like you can. um you can relate it to COVID because of maybe a situation, like you said, where someone lost a job or, or whatever, you know, they took their lives, you know, you could relate those deaths to it. They're not specifically of COVID, but you know, how many other people died because of all of those, you know, like you said, some snap judgment things or just situations that couldn't be avoided. You know, I'm Um, not going to say that my situation that I'm in currently um, was caused because of it, Right. But it, it didn't help. You it, know, it didn't help. Sure enough, right. it didn't help. <laughs> when we when we could prove that we could work from home and, you know, there was a very small amount of people left in a, a place that they were spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month to rent, a company is going to be like, well, why are we paying that much? And, you know, let's 
Right. Let's get them home and whatever. And then I don't have to heat and cool a building and pay electricity. They can do that in their own house. Right. (laughs) So then, you know, people are sent home. Maybe some people don't have positions. I ended up being one of those people. And that was for a little bit of a different reason, but I have to believe that part of that played into it as well. So, well, you know, anybody knows of a job that pays around 50 or more. <laughs> right. Look, look your boy up. <laughs> right. The, uh, you know, one of the things, and I've, I've argued with people on both sides of the aisle with this on it. Um, my concern is with the accuracy of the numbers also. Um, and I'm not saying if it's, what'd you say? We were at what? 1.1. It was just just under one point one million, I think. Okay, so we'll call say a million. We'll yeah. keep it a million on the number. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, they say there's a million deaths, but it was really only three hundred thousand. I'm not saying that. Um, I I do know there was issues with New York and stuff like that where uh, someone dodged or something got caught. They had to redact some of their numbers and that mm-hmm. uh, because they were like, oh, well, you were putting out COVID death for everything. Yeah. Um, and I. <laughs> Again, I think the government had a hand in that because these hospitals were strapped. Uh, they had, you know, they were short for nursing staff. They needed the money uh, to cover a lot of these costs. And the government said, hey, listen, if you have a COVID death and it's there, then we'll, we'll help out with so much for funding in that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that led to some of the, the fallacies uh, in the numbers and that I, I do believe that it was a high amount of people that legit honestly died from COVID. Um, seeing how uh, I know how I felt when I had COVID, how I, you know, my daughter felt, you know, seeing how she felt when she had COVID, I couldn't imagine being in my fifties or in my sixties or careful now, careful. I'm close. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the, um, uh, you know, but a lot of the people you saw that were dying uh, rampantly were, you know, 70s and their 80s and there. Um, I couldn't imagine having an immune system that they had being, you know, in the health condition they were with other health conditions. They have heart conditions, liver conditions, kidney conditions, lung right. conditions. Uh, and then catch this. Uh, I, yeah, I could see how that would have been like, nope, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think we let a lot of fear drive the science i think we let a lot of politics drive the science yeah uh and that and i i think that unfortunately led to a lot of knee-jerk reactions and i, and I still back to what she brought up how can we come up because the politics drove i i don't care what anyone says politics absolutely drove that cure right out the gate uh we were right in an election year uh and pretty much whoever said that they are going to give this vaccine and who, whoever can paint the person, the baddest person and get painted in the light of good, uh, the best, whoever could do it was going to win that election. Yeah. It didn't matter what happened before, what was going on. Um, and I think a lot of funding and a lot of political maneuvering allowed that, but it was, Hey, you know, the, the CDC, uh, and the, the food and drug administration saying, Hey, we're going to drop, some of these requirements down to allow this to go into this next stage um, to do this. And it was a lot of uh, political maneuvering that allowed that. Uh, So it goes back to, you know, how uh, did we create a COVID vaccine so fast, but we haven't found a cure for cancer. I guess the 
best thing I can answer that is, is I don't think we have the, the urgency of the people to put the pressure on the political aisles to create that political maneuver. Yeah. And, you know, part of that for me, just because I can be a little negative towards our politics, because I see right. what it can do. Um, I feel like it won't happen because yeah. they have a hand in it. Um, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting money from these, you know, these big pharma companies to, you know, donations for their, you know, their campaigns and to stay in those seats or to run for whatever office they want to run for. And yeah, why rock the boat? You know, why take something away that could potentially don't, 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 don't go mess with the hand that feeds you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it is a, it is a hard thing because now you're going to try to tell somebody who's used to some kind of a lifestyle Eh, you know, you that's not your that's not your money anymore. Um, and geez, Penny, we're gonna on here. <laughs> uh, Penny was trying to take advantage of John. Sorry, she was. <laughs> no, my ankle will never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, are we ever going to be able to really get into that to where we can say, okay, we don't feel like our politics are being influenced by these bigger companies. And I think that goes across the board, not only healthcare, but oil and oh, other businesses, cars and whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everybody's getting money from these guys. So why am I going to shake that up and, and lose my funding yeah. or whatever it takes, um, you know? I think any business that is a billion dollar plus business it's going to be like that with yeah and and to go back to like i said i, I think almost kind of everyone and their brother <clears throat> has either seen someone die from cancer um i i know I, I watched my my grandfather he i watched him pass from cancer um tim i i, I know you've been unfortunately privy uh to seeing something like that in your life um for the most part I mean, we, we've all kind of seen it, but cancer has been around. People dying from cancer has been around for so long uh, and it's become so normalized. I think science progressively wants to get there. I honestly do, but it's, it's not so extremely in your face like COVID was. I mean, COVID was, I mean, it was all over the news. You you couldn't you can't watch. I don't know if they have still have Sunday morning cartoons or not. But you couldn't watch if they still existed. You couldn't watch a Sunday morning cartoon without a COVID commercial being in there. Yeah. Wear a mask. If you don't wear a mask, you're a jerk. If you you know you need to wear a mask. You got to get the vaccine. Uh, you know we got to do this. I'm in it for you and me. And it, it, it got to a point to where I thought to myself, I was like, oh my God, if I see one more COVID commercial, I'm going to go drown myself in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, it, but I understood what you did, but it was, what I'm getting at with that though, is it was, it was so much in your face and it created such a massive fear yeah. uh, and nothing motivates human nature like fear does. Yeah. Nothing. Few, uh, fear is the absolute, I'm telling you, it, it is the end all be all the motivation uh politicians have learned this um whether it be you know them wanting to stir fear with racism or the or 
you know, the fear of death or the fear of losing your job, your livelihood. Mm -hmm. Fear will motivate people to do crazy stuff. And I, because it created such a fear and such a panic, um, I, I think it created such that big uproar in the, in the political arena where they were like, holy shit, we, we got to, we got to do this. Mm -hmm. Like we, if we don't, we're all burned. And again, like I said, I think whoever spun that story the best during that election year, um, they got, they got the election. Um, I, and I'm thankful that it did drive that cure that we got, even though I don't have the vaccine. I mm -hmm. have personal reasons why I yeah. support people who have it. Um, I'm thankful that it is out there for those people in that area of risk of having an extreme reaction to having COVID um, to helping them out. I just wished there was some way in the instance for this lady who asked this question and, and God, God bless her, her daughter that is now in this position. Um, I wish there was some way we could create that uproar, that rise in the political arena uh, to create that sense of urgency. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to, I mean, we've been going back and forth on, on, you know, the COVID to cancer, you know, how much money has been raised to fight cancer uh, oh yearly? Oh. Where does that money go? Oh. Is it really being used for the right yeah. things? I mean, it's, you know, and, you know, if you are someone that donates to things like that, you know, great, do that. Um, yeah. But I mean, is it doing what um, it should be doing? Because if at this point, how are we that closer? You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it is. You have great companies out there like St. Jude's. Uh, I mean, they do phenomenal stuff for children. I, I mean, I have a, a good friend of mine. Uh, his, his, I mean, him and his wife. They, they had their daughter, and God love her. Uh, she was born. Um, I don't want to say with a birth defect, uh, because this 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 child is an absolute ray of light. Uh, when I see videos of her, I can't even help. So I'm going to say she was born with a, a birth blessing, um, and uh, but she had can. I mean, she was pretty much born with cancer, um, and I was watching this two year old child at the time going through these cancer treatments. And that I mean, nothing breaks your heart more than that. But, I mean, God love her. Uh, I mean, they did the treatments and they were able to rid her of cancer uh, happily, though. But I, I think you're right, though. I The money, there's been cancer fundraising since back till I can remember as a young boy. So it has to be trillions and trillions of dollars yeah. that have been raised for funding cancer. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I think some of the stigmas uh that we used to think or go or starting to go away uh as far as like how you caught cancer and stuff like that kind of like with AIDS and stuff uh but again i i think and until you know the we can get the the political arena to join in on it i i i think unfortunately you have a lot of great scientists out there that work night and day to find this. Um, but I I think a lot of the money that gets donated probably doesn't get used as much dollar for 
pennies of the dollar that is being used towards the research that could be used. Yeah. Um, I pray to God I'm wrong, but I doubt it on this. Uh, and I think until we get the political arena to really jump in and put their full weight behind it, I, 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 I don't think we're going to move as fast as we could be moving. Yeah. I think the, another big player in that is the media. Like you mentioned about fear being such a driver for yes. these kind of things. Yes. Well, the media is, doesn't help. And I, I, no matter what side you're on, they will drive their narrative yeah, to absolutely. scare their watchers to believe wow. or, or fight for whatever it is they want them to. And we run into these problems then where this is where we have this, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is that, you know, we have two sides that are butting heads. I mean, it, but I can remember even right before well, it was right around, I think in the middle of like Barack Obama's second term, like he got to that point and you still heard a little bit about like independent parties, but like this next the next one, like when Trump ran and then got it, and then the Biden, like I can't remember there being any like big time independence that ran. It has come down to: Are you blue? Are you red? Are you a donkey? Are you an elephant? You know, it's, right. you know what I mean. I mean, it, and it's driven a lot by media because they want if like, who can scare you the most and give you the most information. Yeah, that's who I'm going to watch. Right? They yep. they always have the best information, which really is just freaking me out, man. Because they're always talking about somebody getting shot down a street or gun violence or racism or oh my God. you know whatever comes up next uh, <laughs> it is all doom and gloom right doom and gloom it, it it makes me laugh we watch cbs pretty regularly here and you know they have the cbs nightly news and they the whole way through it's always about like the craziest stuff that's happening and then they always try to end on a positive note it's kind of like we just right. told you six <laughs> stories that probably will help make you rough or have a rough time sleeping tonight here's a cute kitty yeah, but here's, here's, here's a puppy you know <laughs> yeah it's a puppy. here's a puppy that just learned how to bark you know it's like, right oh, okay i'm cool now you know <laughs> so, um, yeah um the media if you look back i mean uh tim i don't know if you remember i wasn't alive when these commercials first came out mm-hmm. um like I don't think you were, or you would have been too young to remember, but I have seen them. The Reefer Madness. Mm-hmm. So do you remember the Reefer Madness? And they're like, oh, Reefer Madness. And it created a, a thing of our, about marijuana that was like, I mean, just from these commercials and, you know, the way that the, the, the teachers in that spoke about it and the, the, everyone else then, all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, if you smoke pot, you're, oh, you're going to be crazy and insane. And it was from the equivalent of social media back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that fear of that fear drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but now on the other hand, you have social media that has turned around and has shown, even though I don't partake and marijuana use whether it be medicinal or not or oils or one of the other five million ways that you can use it anymore <laughs> they've shown a lot of pros to it a lot of you know uh uses that that are good for that and it's because of the way the social media has spun it and pushed it it's changed a lot of views with people yeah and it is now something that is highly accepted uh across the entire united states for the most part um, and I think of social media, including the news, whether it be Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, uh, any of them, I think of 
they would realize the potential good that they could do to drive good changes, I think we could drive something like the, the terms of finding a cure for cancer. I think we could drive that political arena to do that. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be an interesting uh, subject that we could cover is is the the, the medical marijuana or marijuana in general, um, because I think you might be surprised about my takes on some things. I tend to be a little more um, conservative with that for some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why. I just something in my head. I'm I've actually more young, liberal. On right? it. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, we would flip sides on that one. But uh, yeah, you stinky I, I consistently <laughs> get. um talks from my wife about like why did why does it bother you so much like we go to a concert and somebody's getting high and i'm smelling it and it drives me nuts like i get angry about it i smell it and i get mad we went to new york city and it's it's legal in new york people in front of me are walking and i'm like what the hell is that smell and it's it just stinks right and i think that's probably the biggest problem that i have with it right now is that it does smell so bad but uh, you know, and I, there's some things in my life that, you know, family that was affected by that use. And, um, I think that's what, but um, I, again, I think that's a whole nother, yeah, that, another that subject. Is. And I, I, to, I had something I could, uh, that actually I could chime in that goes along with that, but we'll, we'll save that. For yeah. The, yeah. Well, that, that'll, I think would be another good one. So, you know, we're, we're running, uh, almost about, uh, an hour and 15 into it. And I, what I think now what we should kind of focus on is what, what do we think is going to fix the problem? Because yeah. I think we're pretty close on the same side as far as we know that there's a problem with the media and, and government being involved with healthcare and, you know, farm, big pharma and all that stuff. But how do we fix that? What, what does that look like? What do you, what are your ideas? Um, you know, Tim, I, you know, you, you, one of those things you said at the very be at the beginning of the episode is sometimes, you know, you know, we'll find that middle ground. Sometimes we won't find that middle ground, find a solution, won't find a solution. And I was actually just thinking about a minute or two ago, uh, as I was kind of re, re going through everything in my head, there's so much that needs done. I think it scares me that there is no one solution. Yeah. I, I think there's so much, I think, uh, you know, the way we start forcing, you know, science to be actual science, the way we stop using stigmas uh, on things, the way we, you know, it comes down to, you know, thing, things we need to address with uh, college, cost of college, uh, we, you know, addressing big pharma, um, you know, how much control should the government have and how much control should the government have to give up it's just so much that needs to be addressed it it legit it just scares me to say right now there's not a solution yeah there's not a a, a magic bullet there is there literally i can think of a magic grenade because uh, i think the whole <laughs> thing just needs blown up blown yeah. apart um and kind of let's sort through the pieces and restart reassembling into you know a beautiful picture that makes sense but there's there's no there's just no solution at this point right now and that, that kind of breaks my heart uh, especially knowing great people uh, that have gone through this terrible um, disease um, 
especially, you know, someone that, that's fought other terrible diseases that come out only to have to battle this. I don't think it's fair knowing that if so many simple changes, a lot of changes, but simple changes that could be made, this wouldn't be something they would have to battle. Yeah. It, it amazes me to think about someone who, you know, hey, you had all this treatment, we've cured whatever issue you have, um, you're going to live. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, though, your quality of life, unless you're a millionaire or billionaire, <laughs> is going to be crap because it's going to cost you so much to come back from that or because, yeah. you know, maybe your insurance company didn't cover enough of what needed to be. I mean, even now it's expensive to have kids. Like to, to legitimately have a baby is, you know, super expensive. Can you imagine how many kids that are born where parents can't pay that bill? And yeah, you know, now they're in collections because they decided to have a child, you know, I want to say it was something like a few years ago. I think someone said it was like $35,000. That sounds about right. To to give a dad to have a child. And the thing about that is Tim, it's like you go in that morning and, you know, they, they start pumping you with stuff to kind of speed things along. Well, you're not quite dilate this fast. Let's give you this and make you open up faster. Mm-hmm. Come on, push, 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 push. And you spit that kid out. And, like, literally the next day, they're kicking you out the door. They make you watch a video that says, don't shake the baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, they give some skin time to mom and baby and that. And they said, all right, get out. Insurance mm-hmm. doesn't cover you anymore. And I'm like, oh. Right. 35 grand for that. Right. <laughs> like, you. But again, that goes back to there's a lot that needs addressed and it's it's really disheartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in our, our healthcare system and with the government and, and how they kind of have their, their hand in it and things like that. But um, I'd like, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if there's a specific fix right at this moment. There, there's a lot of little things they have to kind of chip away at. The question is, where do they start? Is it with, you know, offering less expensive, um, you know, college so that people more, we get more doctors, we get more nurses, people that can actually be a part of that and help. And, you know, maybe if there's more doctors and nurses in a hospital, you're not waiting forever in an ER, you know? Yeah, I think that'd be a great story. I mean, you lowered what it costs for tuition and stuff like that because i know lots of people that i've always said i would love to have been a doctor i'd love to be a nurse the uh and they they say i can't get to college or i i or they'll say well i'm a cna i'd love to be you know wanted to go get my lpn eventually an RN, but i can't i can't afford it Even right though there are hospitals out there that help pay for some of that cost mm-hmm. and stuff like that reimbursement and that and uh just I, I think that'd be a good start yeah uh, and, and kudos to companies that do that and you know once you get in they help you with furthering that education it's just getting to that point like knowing how much how many people have sat in their life getting ready to make that decision of what i want to do out of high school and they go i want to be a doctor but i can't afford to go to northwestern or you know wherever because i can't pay to do this and you know it, we're turning away people who potentially could have cured cancer or, you know, been a great physician of some sort or, or, or a surgeon or something that, you know, it's always that what if about it, that we, we pay that price in uh, because of the circumstances that we deal with. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, um, 
everyone who's listening, I, I know it wasn't uh, a very uh, exciting episode <laughs> as far as the, the the entertaining tension that goes between. Um, but it, it was something that, like I said, it was brought up to me. Uh, and I know a lot of people this hits home with. Uh, and, and all of the things we talk about are serious subjects and that, uh, but it wasn't, you know, like the, the back and forth. Well, you know, uh, we actually tend to agree a lot on this, but uh, out of respect uh, for this young person that is now dealing with this. Um, and I've heard a lot uh, of, of, of people bring this up. How can we achieve this, but we can't achieve that. Um, I wanted to at least try and give them more of a voice mm-hmm. of their frustration uh, and, and their heartache and their sadness. And that I, I wanted to uh, at least be able to put that on a platform where we can maybe start getting people to think, Hey, you know what? This, this, this is legit. What, what, what can we do? What can we start pressuring and, and, and get done? Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, maybe it wasn't that back and forth, but I'm sure we'll have other things. Uh, We didn't really even touch something like free healthcare, you know, which I'm sure we probably have different views on. So, you know, (laughs) Uh, so, you know, those are things that we can, you know, expand this part of this episode on later down the road. Um, But I I mean, I think it was, like you said, it was worth covering and talking about. And, uh, you know, I think it, if it's something you haven't thought of, um, then hopefully this makes you think of, of what's, what we're seeing out there. And I think that it's fair to say that, um, the only way we're going to fix some of these issues are to make sure that we're putting the right people in office. And I don't care what color they wear, if they have the right ideas and it makes sense, then, you know, we have to listen and we have to get out there and, and make sure our votes are counted. So, um, you know, just always remember that, that, you know, right now that's the best way to make these changes to, get out. to have the right people to, to represent. Right. Um, anything else before we kind of wrap it all up, John? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually already starting to think about, uh, our next topic for our next episode. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. And if anybody else has any ideas, feel free, reach out to John or I and, yeah. and let us know what you think we should talk about. Um, even if it's, uh, you know, we have to build a, build a wall between us to make sure we don't lose our, our crap too much. Uh, right. <laughs> we're, we're pretty respectable to each other. We are. We so, are. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, this was a, a good starter, I think, um, yeah. for an actual issue or topic to talk about. And uh, we appreciate everybody that's uh, listening now. And uh, we'll listen when I release the podcast on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, all those places that you like to listen to them. They'll be out there. I think the only one that I couldn't get on was Stitcher because of an email issue. And I'm trying to work that out. But um, I don't know yeah. a ton of people that probably use that anyway. So. Yeah. Hey, listen. Great episode. Uh, get on there. I, one of the good things, if anything, driving down the road, driving on the road trip, kids won't shut up. Turn us on. Yeah. Don't put the kids to sleep. <laughs> give you some background. Noise. It'll it'll knock them out. And you can, you can hear us <laughs> ramble for a little bit. Right. <laughs> I promise we make sense. You just give us, give us a shot. Right. Um, but yeah, share the episode. Once you listen to it on Spotify and stuff like that, you can share it uh, through that or even Apple, uh, Apple podcasts and 
um, they all have the ability to share. So we would appreciate it if you would do that. And uh, if you ever want to be on an episode, reach out to one of us and let us yeah, know. Absolutely. Um, we're more than happy. I mean, uh, it's real simple. I just send you a link to a Zoom and uh, you jump on. and Boom, you'll be on here like yeah. us. And you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to be. We no. can just listen to you. That's fine, too. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is kind of how we do it. But um, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Operation Gray podcast, uh, the Operation Gray Area podcast. Why do I always say that wrong every time? <laughs> I came up with the name. We'll get it right one day. <laughs> Uh, but we appreciate it. Uh, check us out on all the socials, Facebook. There's a group. If you haven't uh, selected the accept to the group, please do so. Um, and, uh, you know, just like I said, talk about us and uh, we'll see you the next time. Have a great night, everybody. And thanks for listening. Be gone.